We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There you have it. And as Bears press conferences go, we tend to have to grade on a curve. Pretty clean. I think that I think that was Nicely handled. I think it was pretty clean. I thought asking more questions of the general manager than the coach was solid on the part of a a well-prepared media contingent. What's your first takeaway? Well, that Justin Fields is their guy. Like, you don't... Kind of. No, he's their guy. Uh, But he allowed... The door's open. The door's open, but he would have to be... Absolutely blown blown away. away. Justin and when oh, asked him, how you Justin that. Fields is your starter, he said yes. Yeah, he said yeah. So that that's one thing we can now move that to the side. I also think I'm that, not ready to move it completely to the side. The door, the to say I'd have to be absolutely blown away. He doesn't take that off the table. Yes, but I don't think that any of the quarterbacks that are available are going to absolutely blow him away versus what he saw of 17 games of Justin Fields. I tend to agree. I Especially just, that that he had actually had specifics when he was talking about what he liked about Fields and when the moment when he thing he was like, "Oh, oh, this guy is actually pretty good." I like what he said about the development of Justin Fields, saying, "We saw the explosive plays, we know that he has to get better as a passer, and that's okay." He said Justin did a good job. He's a playmaker, impactful changes games quickly, has to improve as a passer. I think that's a fair assessment. And and more honest than, quite honestly, I expected him to be when talking about Justin Fields. Foundation, progress, resilience, toughness, flexibility. They listed the priorities, pass rushers, offensive line, and corners. That's not that big a deal because that's how most teams look at it after mm-hmm. the quarterback. That's that really isn't reinventing the wheel. That's like a baseball GM saying pitching shortstops center fielders. But what I did like is that in the overall umbrella description of their approach now, always keeping value in mind and understanding the value of their assets. This is what I think you said yesterday about where I know it's fans, especially coming off of seeing college players last night, people want to say, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? Don't do that yet. They're looking at this as assets, the strength of and, and value of their assets. And right now with this pick and this cap space, it's not time yet to fixate on any individual players as they have the, the idea of this draft is going to be to make them wealthier, make them more valuable. Yeah, he kind of kept talking about that, and that got me excited. And for Texas, like, well, he's got to say those things about Justin Fields. No, he doesn't. He is the number one pick in the draft. That's all the leverage that he needs. He doesn't need anything more than that. He doesn't have to play games with anyone. He's got the number one pick in the draft, and he made it very clear that he is open to the idea of trading that pick to try and get more players. He kept talking about that, trying to get more players, more impact players as quickly as possible. Get as many good players in here as possible. And the way to do that is to... Get more high draft picks, which having the number one pick allows you to do. I thought that while I I found him to be fairly honest in his assessment of Justin Fields, I was disappointed is not the right word. 
I thought that his thoughts on Claypool were curious. I think that he's projecting something that no one else sees. And the concept of like the baseball trade, plug and play, I get that. But this was a guy that was here for two months and and never really once did it look like he was able to fit in. I would imagine that they, I would hope that they are concerned because they essentially gave a number one pick away. This pick that, that the Bears gave away is pick number 32. And remember, the Dolphins had their first round pick taken away. This is essentially a number one pick for a player that had zero impact on the Bears offense. I, I hope he's right. I hope that the team building that goes on in the offseason with Justin and the other wide receivers, as he said, gets Claypool to a place where he needs to be. I also go back to what Justin was saying last week about Claypool, where he was kind of cleaning up the mess of Claypool having that emotional outburst. And one of the things that he said was, it's important that he's here at the beginning of the week. That whether it's injury or whatever, you've got to be there on Monday and Tuesday when they're doing stuff. And if you're a guy that needs to ramp up into learning an offense, your ass better be there on Monday and Tuesday and early morning on Wednesday. And obviously, I'm not at Hallis Hall. I'm only judging by what I see on the field and what I hear people say. I'm not encouraged by what's happened with Chase Claypool. And I hope that an offseason is the only thing that's keeping him from realizing his potential. I think they are aware that that his reclamation is a priority. I also found it very interesting in his answer regarding Braxton Jones and the idea of a young player, the schedule of a young player coming into the league and sort of drinking out of a fire hose when it came to where he was and where he is now. I think it's like 35 seconds. Just, I want to listen to his answer on Braxton Jones. I mean, I was proud of Braxton. He's got a long ways to go to reach his ceiling. Um, but for his path, and if you look at a lot of, not many people look at the schedule for a player who, you know, goes into the offseason, senior bowl, combine, comes in as a fifth-round pick, battles through camp, gets a spot, and then plays every single snap through the season. That's an accomplishment right there. That tells me he's wired right. He's got mental toughness, uh, rode the ups and downs. Um, so I'm hoping that he continues to work on his body, his technique, and, and that's someone that we can play with and be successful with for a while. He didn't say at left tackle. but No. But that is that – is, he's right, frankly – He's right. When when you consider what Jones was asked to do, to play every snap in an NFL season is an accomplishment. Yes, but I still think that there is some 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 grading on a curve here. Yes, guys, he's a fifth round pick. You picked him in the fifth round. He's a fifth round pick, and he played every snap. The alternatives were not great, and your alternatives were often hurt. So I. Manly kind of opened my eyes to this, and we're going to talk to him a little bit later on in the hour. Like it, it, when we're talking about Braxton Jones, let's make sure that we're that we're not capping the ceiling on his potential because of his draft status. Because I I don't think that's a great way to go about building a team. Oh, this guy can only be this good. We can only expect so much because he's a fifth round pick. Well, then why'd you take him? Like that that. I don't know. Like that, I I do have a sense of. I'm I'm glad that polls seemingly moved into direction of talking about guys that he inherited and spoke glowingly about him. Whether it's Justin Fields or Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery. He started talking about Cole Komet in in a way that I imagine is has people maybe more positive about Cole Komet than what they were walking into the season. I don't think that you have that you should stop looking for upgrades on that position. I think you found your Y tight end, and now you need to find your U tight end. And unfortunately, the young man from Georgia will not be available Which until one? next year. <laughs> Bowers, yeah, that's a yeah, it's a stud. That's a thing. That's a stud. That's a guy where he's a menace. 
They didn't know what to do last night. TCU was like, wait, so they got this 6'7 guy and this 6'6 guy, and they're the tight ends of the team? What are we supposed to do? Let them run you over, because that's what they did all night. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show, but that was they did me a favor. They did us all a favor for those of us who wanted to watch Bulls basketball. I thought about you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I, you, Georgia. I told Porth. Uh, Porth was like, "What do you think?" I was like, "I think this game will be over in the first nine minutes." And essentially, I was pretty much right. Essentially, had to watch a good NBA game instead. Yeah, and and once uh, I I was watching the the Bulls because I knew Georgia had it in control, and then when the Bulls went to halftime, I turned back over and I was like, "Oh." Don't have to go back there anymore. That is I, stinky cheese. I like the non-commitment commitment to David Montgomery, too, by saying, I love the guy, I love the guy, I've always wanted to keep him, but sometimes the value doesn't match up. And that is a modern general manager who knows that running backs are a dime a dozen. And that that is the position where you can go get a guy, draft the guy, plug guys in, that you can find running backs. Right. But at least you you saw him, what I felt like you saw in his conversation about David Montgomery was someone assigning value beyond production. You know what I mean? Like he he's telling you, yes, this guy is productive, but we like him. Like he fits what it is that we're trying to do. And who knows? Who knows if that's a if that's something that David Montgomery wants to stick with. I could I could see David Montgomery working in a lot of different systems around football. And maybe it being a better place, but he seemingly built a life that he enjoys. He likes working with Justin Fields. Maybe there's a way to to make it work. It's not a priority. Like it's it's you want to treat him with respect, but he made clear what his priorities were, and it's not running back. He also doubled down on the fact that he wasn't watching the end of the Texans Colts game. He said it, yeah. and then all the reporters like, "Come on, man!" And then he was confronted with it, now, saying, we're... "Most people in this room don't believe you." And then he said, "No." He said, "He said I wasn't watching. Someone told me what happened." Gosh darn it! I got the number one pick. Oh, geez. I hate this text message from people who care about me. The like, you got the number one pick. I wasn't paying any attention to what was going on in that game because I was on an elevator ride down to talk to my players. Mm-hmm. Does well, anyone believe me? Yeah, you know, the owner no. was was just throwing ice cream cars at everybody. <laughs> He's like, hey, "Would you like ice cream? <laughs> we have the number one overall pick. Oh, ice cream for everyone!" Wee! <laughs> On my scooter. Considering everything that he said about what it means to be in the position of having the number one draft pick, I guess maybe in the moment you can offer him uh, some grace and be like, "Oh, I'm sure you were upset." about the loss against the Vikings, and I'm sure you weren't paying. So, what do you say? Someone had, so, someone up here had turned that game on, and it wasn't me. There's someone in the box had turned just, the game. It was just on. It just appeared. The, the passive voice. And then what had happened was is that Lovey Smith was trying to win games, and then he won, and then we won. The important stuff, I think, is are his thoughts about Justin Fields. Listen to every word, and there is a commitment here, but I I do think it's significant that he left open the possibility that he could be absolutely blown away by one of this year's prospects. Yeah, we had good conversations. I'm excited for the direction he's going, and as I mentioned before, he knows where he has to improve. I think you mentioned that the other day. Um, so we're excited about his development and where he goes next. He showed ability to be impactful with his legs. There's flashes with his arm. Now if we can put that together, I think we have something really good. Because you have the first pick, there are people that sit there go, the quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Ryan, specifically, do you want to see Justin Fields get better as, as, a, as a passer? Yeah, just um, as a passer, just for things to slow down um, mentally and then be able to react and anticipate quicker. Um, Obviously, with that, we also have to continue to build around him so that he can do that uh, consistently as well. What did you learn about him, just watching him kind of develop as that leader of this offense? Yeah, resilient. uh, A guy that has um, 
ownership, he has growth mindset, the amount of time that he put in with the coaches to continue to get better. The guy is hungry to be successful in this football, in this league. What was your evaluation of the, your early evaluation of the free agent class? Yeah, um, I was excited um, just spending time with those guys. Justin Jones, I thought, did a really good job. Um, I thought he was a consistent uh, playmaker through the season. Um, you know, with that front, I know there's a lot of questions on, on production and, and the pass game with sacks. I think that's a group that's got to work just like O-line. you got to work together. It's not just one player. Um, so, again, I'm excited to see him take the next step next year. But in terms of a steady piece that I thought made plays throughout the season, I thought he did that. A lot to prove coming into this year, and you said you're excited to see where he's going. Was there a moment for you when you said, "Oh wow, this is something where now I'm I am really excited"? Was there a specific moment that started that for you? Yeah, well, it was like mid-season when he really started to go off um, with his legs, create explosion, uh, explosive plays. You know, you think of plays like um, the shot to Mooney, the shot to Pettis in the corner of the end zone. I think that was Washington. Uh, those deep ball throws that we know he can make. Now it's just closing in the gap and being consistent with it. And again, I know the beautiful thing about football is we can't point at one. You can never point at one person and be like, it's his fault. No, it's a collective where everything's got to work together. So I know and we know if we continue to grow this football team, bring in a lot of really good players, that everyone's going to get better collectively. His yeah to start that answer was asked, is Justin Fields your starting quarterback next year? And he said, yeah. Now. His first word in every answer was "yeah." That's it's a prompt. It, it, it's it's a tick. It's it's a thing. You know, Jed Hoyer does it too. Chris Bryant always did it. It's a thing you hear in sports press conferences now, where no matter what the question is, before the answer to buy yourself a little bit of time, people say "yeah." So I he, think you're digging way too I'm, deep. I'm, on no, this. I'm I'm just putting it out there that he did answer every question with the word "yeah." He did. But he went into pretty good detail about how he feels about fields and the idea of having to be absolutely blown away to take the number one pick and use it on a quarterback is, I, I think, a, f- a fairly good endorsement of Justin Fields. It's, and I'm not worried about whether or not he's endorsing him or not. I just also think you can define absolutely blown away in a lot of different ways. You can you can you can walk out of there were three guys in this draft that absolutely blew me away. I would be surprised if that was the case. I would too, because I think if if you dropped Justin Fields into this draft class, he would be the guy that you go. I'm absolutely blown away by that. I would be yes. I, I if as far as a, a what could be perceived as a a vote of confidence in his guy, I think that was there, and I also think there's enough ambiguity to leave open the possibility that the rest of the NFL would think he could conceivably take a quarterback. Yeah, but i that's the, the other part of this. I know that everyone is trying to play four-dimensional chess, and there's a lot of people that have never been in a negotiation that think they know how negotiations go. I don't think he has to play that game. Agreed. Agreed. You He's, have the number one pick. He has the thing that people want. So it, it doesn't have to be. And, and – and he has made it clear that the Bears are open for business in that regard. That they do value trying to go out and make picks to get explosive players in here to make this team better, faster. He did say something I thought was kind of interesting that I, I wish I could explore with him in like a, like a real conversation, like the concept of stair-stepping his way to it. He said he'd want to stair-step his way up to, to the place they want to be and then stay there for as long as possible. I understand the concept of it, and it's usually where people go. I just don't want him to be like, well, this is our three-year plan, and, and if you jump ahead of the three-year plan, then you get nervous. No, in this league, uh, players, and they're at the point now where outcomes will start dictating the timing of the plan. I mean, if you Only look, some of that's in your control. If you look at... The, the playoff right now, look at Jacksonville. What was Jacksonville? The last place team, they had the number one pick in the draft last year. Now, they had to grind, and their quarterback had to, to take some steps forward. They had to dig out from underneath a terrible coaching. Hunt. They really did. But now they found themselves as division champions one year later. I, I don't want, I guess what I'm saying is I don't want Ryan Poles to put a cap on possible success 
because it he has a plan in his mind and everything needs to go exactly to that plan. I think that there were things now that accelerate it that ending up with the number one pick, and it is more valuable than the number two. Not Look, if the Bears are sitting here with a number two pick, they'd still be in a great position because clearly there's going to be a run on quarterbacks because there's a run on quarterbacks every single year. Guys get overdrafted every single year. But when you end up with the number one pick, this now accelerates things. It now gives you more opportunity. Look, look at what, look at what the 49ers gave up for the opportunity to draft Trey Lance. Too there, much. There's an way too much. There's an opportunity here for the Bears to get multiple first round picks and try to accelerate the path towards winning a championship. And get the player they want this year. And have the quarterback that they like and hope that and and him be better because there's better around him. The reason that I brought up in, in any type of conversation about Justin Fields, why I kept talking about Jalen Hurts as the comp. Jalen Hurts is right now the odds on favorite to win MVP. Okay. Justin's better than him. But look what happens when you have a pretty good player and you do everything that you need to do to surround him with help. Your defense is solid. You have an offensive line that's incredible. You have the best center in the game. And then you start trading these accrued assets for a veteran wide receiver. That's right. You draft the Heisman Trophy winner. That's right. And then you put everything around him and go light a match. I want their center. Well, yeah, obviously. That's, I, I, that's, I want to pay, go over there and put him in a burlap sack and bring him back here. But you saw, and it's a small sample size, you saw Justin Fields versus Jalen Hurts, and you walked away in that game going, Bears have the better guy. And that's not a diss on Jalen Hurts, who's really good. But you saw him, and, and you said, wow, the Bears might have the better guy. In the game that the Bears played against Buffalo, when you walked out of that game, even, even if you prefer Josh Allen, you looked at your quarterback and was like, he was right there with him. He played as well, if not better, than Josh Allen, another guy who's up for MVP of the league. So it doesn't take much to, if you know that there is the requisite talent, and now we all know that that talent is there. If you give him what he needs, then you can see him take off because you saw him take off in a season where he had nothing. Imagine what happens if you give him real players to play with. That's the goal right now is to begin giving him real players to play with. I think my my big takeaway, the Bears just had an end-of-season press conference that was something better than a disaster. They had a perfectly representative replacement level end of season press conference. And that's a huge win. Oh, I, I, I think they, uh, come on. Maybe as was, as was Bears press conferences go, that's like, here's, here's what, here's what it was, Dan. Just between me, you and the lamppost. There were no clowns in the room. Right. Right. How many press conferences have you and I attended or listen to where there's at least one where there's at least one and and usually two stepping over each other and saying things out of school people getting in the way somebody, of the football folks doing their job somebody mentioning a name that maybe the football folks wouldn't prefer that you mention yeah. in answer to a certain question yes this is this is what it's supposed to look and so good on George for I don't know if any of this is going to work they're set up for it to work but good on George to be like, hey, man, hey, here's my football guy. I'm going to let my football guy do his thing. Breaking news on the score is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Jeff Passan has just tweeted, shortstop Carlos Correa and the Minnesota Twins are finalizing a six-year, $200 million contract. The deal has a vesting option that can max out at $270 million. And again, here are the, the key four words. It is pending physical. <laughs> so after all of that. He ends up back 
back in the in the back in the Come division. On! Back in the division. Well, look, if you're the twins, you you have been dealing with whatever his medical say. You've seen it up close, and it hasn't seemingly affected him. You're probably in a better position to say yes to a contract with Carlos Correa than any other team and feel okay about it. But we went through all of this. He was gone. He was on the West Coast. He was on the East Coast. Now I look up and he's back. Stupid, weird-ass twins. They really are. But that, that's a hell of a move. That, that is, that is a, a ballsy move. I hope Rick Hahn was uh, in the conversations, but I know he wasn't. We had a whole segment set aside for the 1 o'clock hour. Come on! Man. Wow. Stupid. Stupid. Well, this was we 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 got Ryan Poles taking the very first public steps Stupid. into his place as one of the most influential executives currently in the NFL and they didn't step in any landmines. Correct. They did their job. They did what they're supposed to do. And that's look like a professional run organization. And eliminate how many clowns are in the room during your press conference. That's Lawrence Holmes. I'm Dan Bernstein. We are Bernstein and Holmes. We have a lot more to come, including, are we going to do High Noon? I know I've, I had a story picked out. Don't we we start- have to talk to Patrick Manley? That's coming up at uh, 1225. Okay. I believe. And All right. I don't even have anything for High Noon, but I can find something. And uh, we'll talk about the Bulls also, because there's, uh, there's that stuff as well. Waiting on an update on DeMar DeRozan coming up. So we've got uh, a lot to do that. So that was that was good. I, I, it's a weird world. I'm not I'm not used to this. I'm used to Bears press conferences pissing me off, and that one didn't. No, it's just weird. Th- this I, is why I was telling you. I didn't know why you thought this was going to be some stumble bumble. Because they show. almost always are. When are they not? Once once we were told this morning, okay, it's that just, George I, wasn't going to be. There. It's weird for me. And that the two people in charge of football at Hallis Hall were going to be there. I felt very comfortable that this wasn't going to be a disaster. Okay. I just generally presume it is. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. All, all you have to do is, hey, we'll call Chris Emma. Emma, are there are any of the clowns in the room? No? Great. Somebody said there's the sound of the scooter bumping up against the door of the room. <laughs> Let me in. This door's locked. I usually can get in. Mother, I've lost the keys. <laughs> you have the Bernstein and Holmes show on the score. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Pace is out. Ryan Pace also out, according to Adam Schefter. One year ago today. Doesn't it feel so different? Feels like longer than that. I love this song so much. That's great. I was... There's a little like bakery in Hyde Park next to Medici. Forget the name of it. And Medici was on its sabbatical. And I'm in there and I got some tea and this song was playing. And I know that I look like the crazy old man. Because I'm just sitting there singing Peter Gabriel. Oh, the whole Sledgehammer. album. The whole album. The, the, the So album and that tour. I, I went to that concert at then Rosemont Horizon. For Yusu Endur and his group opened, and I'd never seen anything like it in my life. When he pioneered the use of, of lighting and the all the, the moving lighting, it was unbelievably artistic. And he's you know, curled up in a fetal position, all this stuff. I'd never been to a concert like that before. And I've always just loved the song Sledgehammer, and the video is unbelievable, with his, too. With his kids in it at the end. And, I mean, yeah. he's he's doing all sorts of, like, Stuff where you're like, I can't believe he got away with that. Well, the all the the sex metaphors and everything. The, the oh, sex yeah. metaphors in the song, and then the visual uh-huh. stuff that he was doing. But I'm sitting there like, I kick the habit, kick the habit. See, that's the thing too. You don't have kids when you do that around your kids in public, and they start getting mad. It's so much fun. Yeah, we we were in in, in Starbucks. Zoe and I were going to go take a walk. She's like, Well, let me stop and get a drink. I said sure, and what was and it was um, what's the 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 dance song from Caddyshack Boogie Wonderland from Caddyshack. That's his whoa dance of the living dead, and I and so I, I it just it was on it was loud and I just started <laughs> dancing. So so of course Zoe, Dad, stop it, Dad, I can't believe this, I can't, can't believe, would you stop it? And then and the moment that starts, like she's got to know better. You've just got to know. About yeah, because now you're going to dance oh, are you, more oh, are you and kidding? harder. Oh, then, then forget it. If I, I wish I had props. You're going to be out there like a lane from Seinfeld. Man, no, I was doing the Jackie Wilson spin. If I, if I, if I could have dropped into the splits and popped back up, I would have. But I would have stayed down there for a while, and the ambulance would have had to come and get me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> be on a blades bleeding to death. Call ambulance. And I, so I said, Dad, stop it. Start. I said, you got to know better. And everyone's, and of course, the parents in there knew exactly what I was doing. Like, oh, yeah, that's what you do. That, that's, I, no, I, I get it. I understand. You, 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 you know, feel the music. Hell yeah, feel the music. <laughs> right. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Enjoy yourself, Chicago. <laughs> feel the music, Chicago. Go out there and. Dance to Boogie Wonderland or me so good. dancing around mincing to Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. As all the college students are like, why is this old man here? Give him his tea and send him like, on his way. Get out of here. Get out of here with your lavender tea and go away. We'll pay for it. Just leave. So you have the Bears presenting themselves publicly, setting out into Act Two. This was the start of Act Two. This this is what it was. This is here's what we thought of the season. Here's where we are. Foundation, progress, resilience, toughness, flexibility, elevate from this foundation. Consistent and sound, always keeping value in mind. But he did list priorities. Mm-hmm. And and the fact is that what what I liked is how casually and easily, it's like, well, sure, uh, pass rushers, offensive line, cornerbacks. After the quarterback, because, you know what, that is just industry standard. Right. That That is, 
You get the quarterback, and then all right, now go get me the guy that gets the quarterback. Yep, that what he's he's not reinventing it. And the reason he could feel comfortable saying that is because that's that's like when on Wheel of Fortune everybody would take R S T L N and the vowel is E. It's just it's just what you do, and eventually people realize that that's that's what everybody's going to do. Because don't don't people start out in Wordle with like a specific probably word or yeah there's some way of gaming it that's considered to be best premium best practices and that's all he's saying so it's not it isn't some news that he disclosed their personnel priorities when those are the priorities right those are the priorities but he also made it clear like if if for example if they can't find let's let's say in this scenario the bears have done their job with the number one pick and have traded it and let's just say they traded twice and they ended up with the number two pick and they turned that into something because Chris Ballard wants a quarterback and now they're picking number four. And maybe they're like, well, we like Will Anderson or we like Jalen Carter, but we also need someone to protect. The- if they have an- a tackle rated higher on their board to protect Justin Fields, then maybe that supersedes positional value a report here from john Heyman. according to his sources the major part of carlos correa's physical is complete including the ankle at issue there's nothing foreseen to now stop correa's return to the twins <sighs> dan this story is is about as crazy as any in baseball free agency history because how do you he clearly did not want to go back there. And now he finds himself having to go back there. Now, I, he's clearly an analytical thinker. I'm sure that he'll be able to compartmentalize and just go out there and play his game and make his money. Like We, we both really respect the way that he thinks and talk, talks about the game. It's, it's just so strange. So the money... First offer from San Francisco, 13350. Okay. Then the Mets, 12315. And now the twins, 6200. Did I get that right? Would it be worth it if you're the Cubs? Would it be worth it for you to to go 6200 for Carlos sure. Correa? It would be worth it for anybody. It's Carlos Correa. Okay. Well then move other people around. Should should we be asking a question? Should the Cubs have gotten in here? The Sox should have gotten in there. Well, yes. The, absolutely but... the White Sox should have gotten in there. You make up your shortstop, you move Tim Anderson to second. Period. Paragraph. Done. Yep. Done. Solves two problems. Yep. Of course they should have. And why didn't they? I don't know. I don't know how many teams called Boris and said, hey, we can, you know, we can be your little safety net here. Of course they should have. Isn't isn't the the way that this deal is structured? Isn't it very White Soxy? Yeah, man, but it's two hundred on its face, but it could be two hundred and seventy million dollars. Never know what you could get, or does it fit into the Jed Hoyer paradigm of intelligent spending? Yes, yes. When I asked him about higher AAV versus length, he seemed to be on board. Mm-hmm. So, so is should either one of the fan bases or both of the fan bases? Be angry that Carlos Correa is a twin instead of a Cub or a White Sox. I think you're allowed to be. Sure. Your baseball team can spend whatever it wants. It has the plenty of money to spend, and that sounds like value for one of the best players in the game. Sounds like it's, it to me. It's also weird. So weird. It's also strange. Weird ass twins. The weird ass twins end up getting the the best free agent that was available. We have a high noon coming up in just a moment, and there is a another trend probably started by TikTok. If you thought Tide Pods was a thing, this I thought had to be a joke, but it already has medical experts coming out and saying, "Don't." Do this. All right. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'll figure something out. Next, here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? Sure, we can do high noon. We usually do it on a non-Bears Monday, even though our focus today has been on the Bears postseason press conference here on the one-year anniversary. And, and it's Tuesday, Dan. Correct. That's the other part of it. This is not Bears Monday. But it feels like a Bears day because the Bears decided to meet the media today, and they didn't have George McCaskey in the room. They didn't have Ted Phillips in the room or whoever the presumptive replacement is. It was general manager. And it was coach. I think the coach answered two questions. Everything else. It's about right. It's about right. The coach has talked enough it's this not, year. It's not the reverse, though. You know, where we're sitting there going, Jed's right, right. there. Yeah. That's why aren't you talking to Jed? He's sitting in front of you. No, it was good. And he, every everything was fine, which for the Bears means spectacular and awesome. It's, um, I would like to congratulate Stetson Bennett, the fourth, for what he has accomplished. Dan, he is outside of the actual Heisman, which he was a finalist for, the most decorated college football quarterback in history. He's up there with like Timmy Chang. Oh, he's Tim way, Tebow. He's way better than Timmy Chang. But Timmy Chang used to sling it though. Hey man, hey, 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 Saturday hey. night, you'd look be like, those, "Oh, look at this! Those numbers." Look at Timmy Chang's out here throwing for seven hundred yards. Look at those numbers. Currently, the head coach of the University of Hawaii, I believe, which would make a whole lot of sense. Um, Stetson Bennett the fourth was named Most Outstanding Player in last night's curb stomping of TCU. He was also in every CFP game he's played in has been named most outstanding player. He has two national championships, and he barely made this team. You know how much money Stetson Bennett, according to a couple of different sources, has made in NIL this year? million dollars? $1.3 million. For him. I think it's great for him. And he should invest it in a combination car dealership steakhouse venue in Athens, Georgia, and you come on down to Stetson's and you buy a new or used car, you get a free steak. Well, look, he can have a place in Athens. I think he can also have a place in Atlanta if he wants to. He, To me, he's not an NFL quarterback. Of course he's not. But he doesn't have to Because be. you have eyes. But he doesn't. I mean, he might end up catching on with a team and being on someone's practice squad if that's what he wants to do. But this NIL thing and his success have given him an opportunity that he can make his choice. You know what's amazing to me, the similarities here? Stetson Bennett IV is the grandson of Buddy Bennett, who played quarterback for the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. Also at Georgia, Gordon Beckham III was the son of Gordon Beckham Jr., who, correct me if I'm wrong, was also the quarterback for the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. That's right. Isn't that right? And then Dansby Swanson. Right. Was the, the, His mother was the tennis and basketball star at Troy University. And his father was a mathematician or something. Something like, we don't know. He's got a great head of hair. Yeah, Stetson had a great name, great lineage, great college performance. But uh, I'm very, I'm very like that. You, if you want to tell someone a story and be like, can you imagine this walk-on dude, not just becoming the starter at the best team in the country, but winning two national championships and playing like not a spectator, playing a pivotal role in your team winning national championships. People will be able to dine out on that whole Stetson Bennett thing with their kids for a really, really long time. I can't believe I have to say this. Don't eat your Christmas tree. What? Well, most people who got a real tree will just throw it out. 
There are articles on social media now suggesting people should eat their Christmas tree. Why would they do that? Why do people listen to any of these viral trends? It's already gotten to the point where at least the WCNC, the NBC affiliate in Charlotte, had to go find a doctor. Dr. Carla Robinson says certain Christmas trees are edible. However, consuming the one in your home is probably not your best bet for a number of reasons. I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing it. We're, we're actually having a network affiliate in a big city have a doctor on to tell you to not eat your Christmas tree. You don't know in many cases where your tree came from. You don't know if it was treated with any pesticides or chemicals that could potentially harm you. The article claims you can make tea or seasoning from your tree. They show with the article that they show is one from the Guardian. It says, but doctors say steer clear unless you know you have a non-poisonous pine and it hasn't been treated with chemicals. The doctor goes on. Some trees that we know are harmful are trees like cypress trees and cedar trees. So if those are the types of trees you use, you don't want to eat those. No. Even if it's not poisonous, another doctor says that needles can be irritants in your system. Yes. Yes, they're pine needles. The, this is this is I'm not I am not making this up. The needles are very sharp. So if you <laughs> So if you think about putting something in your mouth, swallowing it, and it gets in your esophagus and Mr. your st- mouth, Mr. Mouth, <laughs> and your stomach, it can cause damage. Don't, don't eat your Christmas tree. I I can't believe this. I can't. I can't believe it. What are you doing? You're throwing out a perfectly good Christmas tree? Well, I think you should just cover that thing in sriracha and just eat it. I mean, come on. Some of these trends are unbelievable. I think when COVID first started, people were doing some stupid stuff, trying to make a point, licking the top of toilets. What? Yeah, that was a thing. I, and the Tide Pod thing. And the Tide Pod thing is another one. I know people know they're not supposed to actually eat the Tide Pod. That was just stupid kids wanting to do it on a dare. That I mean, I almost understand counterculturally. It's like, watch how stupid we can be by by eating bleach. I did try that Panera electric lemonade though. Oh, that was supposedly not supposedly not street legal. I made it through a quarter of it. It's all the sugar and all the caffeine. I was wired as bleep. Really? Yeah. You got to pour some of your uh some of your alcohol in there. No. I think that would be very dangerous. It's all the sugar, all the caffeine and it, then It was good. Like Cheetos. I'm not going to lie, it was good. But, like, my, my hands started tingling and stuff. I'm like, I, I'm, I got to stop. Stop eating Christmas trees. There was a milk crate challenge, though. That's still fun. Oh, yeah, where people <laughs> were trying to run up and down, like, Mario. Oh, I saw stacks that. Stacks of milk crates. Oh, yeah. And then falling on their Yeah, there was the, the, the cooking chicken in NyQuil. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it's awful. Dan, I know that you had hit the eject button on the national championship game. Oh, yes. Very early last night. Can we check back every once in a while? And for good reason. For good reason you hit the eject button on it. It's not entertaining. Well, you know that one of the draws, like if you weren't there to watch the game, like one of the draws was um, we're going to show you the trailer from Ant-Man and Wasp and Quantumania. And watching Chris Fowler and, and Kirk Herbstreet tap dance and be like, hey, look, this game is trash. But later on, we are Stick gonna, around. We are gonna have this trailer. So I didn't I was watching the Bulls game and watching Jay and the boys on Bulls Post on NBC Sports Chicago. So I watched the trailer this morning. Jonathan Majors is uh he's a force. And as Kang the Destroyer. I think he's going to be a worthy villain for Phase 5 and beyond. Do I know him from anything? Um, he's a really, really good actor. Um, well, I'm try- I can't- Jonathan Major. I'm trying to think of the name of the, the Western on Netflix that was really, really good with him and Regina King. It's He's, he's a really good actor. Okay. Anyway, he's playing Kang. And for those of you who 
you said, look, I'm down for the Marvel movies. I'm not really going to watch the Marvel shows. Like, I get it. It's not for everyone. I implore you, before you step foot into theater to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania, I would say to you two things. One, you need to re-watch Endgame. This is a very important line from Tony Stark that I think helps spin all this stuff off. Two, you got to watch Loki. I don't need you to watch any other Marvel series, but you have to watch Loki and consume it. Because if you don't, it's going to, you're going to be like, wait, who's this guy? Why is he here? What the hell is going on? So that's my advice. Watch Endgame again, okay. because it's very what what Tony Stark said about messing with time is significant, and it will be significant as the 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe goes forward. And watch the series Loki, because you will then, I think, be in a place where you're ready to roll before this movie comes out. Meanwhile, Jonathan Majors, another one of these Yale drama school guys. Yeah, he's really good. So it's like Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, and there is a there is this pipeline here to a lot of people doing some of the most important work out there right now. And he's also going to be the antagonist in Creed Three. Oh, okay. But if, if you haven't seen The Harder They Fall, that's the name of it. The Harder They Fall, it's a black western, and it's amazing. Like, the performances are Zazie Beats, Regina King, Jonathan Majors. Oh, wow. It's, it is one of the best things I've seen over the last 18 months. A lot of fun. Very, very good. But Jonathan Majors is that dude. He's the it man right now. That is high noon. Next up, some Bulls talk. So we'll talk about last night's game, the injury to DeMar DeRozan. And also, there is a newly available Bulls and NBA writer and commentator who somebody needs to hire right away, and if they don't, they're stupid. So, we'll talk about all that next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 